Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the back row from what I watched tonight. The show where anything to do with movies is the subject, and I'm either joined by a guest or I'm going solo. And joining me in the back row tonight is me, <laughs> just me, and I'm going to be delivering my most anticipated and intriguing movies of 2019, the year to come. And the disclaimer, just like in the best and worst uh, movies in the last podcast I dropped, what I watched tonight is UK-based, hence the accent. Uh, so all release dates given are based on their cinematic or streaming release in the UK. Sometimes that can differ massively, sometimes a few days. But these are all UK release dates. But either way, they still come out this year pretty much all over the world. So there's a bucket load of big movies coming out this year. Uh, and plenty of smaller ones destined to blow up that old rule book as well. So it was tough enough to create a list concise enough to pod about. But I think I've done okay. I think I've pretty much done and nailed the ones I wanted. So the first segment is the movies that intrigue me somewhat. Not quite a fever pitch to make the big list. But they've caught my eye for different reasons. And after that are the movies that I'm most looking forward to. The, <laughs> the ones that are most likely to smash and break my movie heart. Or fill it with love and cinematic joy. So what is titillating my movie heart to start with? Here's the intriguing ones. So these aren't in any particular order, they're just in a random order because I was intrigued by them when I was looking at back at what looking forward, sorry, what was coming out in 2019. So first up is Elisa Battle Angel. Uh, it's been pushed back and back for various reasons, but the last few trailers have been quite decent. And I'm interested to see if this was pushed back for being awful, <laughs> being rubbish, or if the extra few months are given time for Robert Rodriguez and the team just to fine-tune a few elements and make it maybe better. Either way, Rosa Salazar stars along with Christoph Waltz, Jennifer Connolly, Mahershala Ali, Ed Skrine and Jackie Earl Haley. So it this is one of those classic films where it could either be absolute tosh or it could be surprisingly quite decent. I'm not expecting it to be in the top 20, but who knows? Uh, but, uh, stranger things have happened. I didn't think Bumblebee would be near my 2018 top 20. Hell, it broke in there. So Elite Battle Angel is one I'm intrigued for. Uh, same goes with Dumbo. I'm not overly excited by this, but I do like the images that have come out and the trailer. So I'm on board, at least. I'm on the train, and I'm obviously going to go and watch it when it comes out within that first weekend. But you've got Colin Farrell, Michael Keaton, Eva Green, and Danny DeVito filling out the cast. So if anything, at least it'll be well acted. Uh, Joker is the next one on the list. It's a cool character, isn't it? The Joker. Everyone likes a Joker. And it's whacking Phoenix jumping into Cesar Romero, Jack Nicholson and Heath Ledger's huge clown shoes to play the titular role in the crime flick directed by Todd Phillips. Apparently the story goes that a failed stand-up comedian is driven insane and becomes a psychopathic criminal mastermind. I'm guessing because he got more than just a few heckles from the crowd, but okay, it seems fine. This is a kind of strange, this is an origin story for a character who doesn't really need an origin story. But we're getting one anyway, so Robert De Niro and Zazie Beats, that is good. I like them. So the question is, can this standalone DC flick bring back the good times? We'll see. We'll see. Following that is Toy Story 4. Now this is probably on the higher echelons of most people's most anticipated lists, but I'm pretty much just intrigued, simply because the, the trilogy itself was so very good. So good. Yes, even the second one. I, the the one that gets kind of the the least praise, shall we say. The first one's great. The third one, 
people love. The second one is very good still. I do like that a lot. But this a fourth film just seems like nothing more than a cash grab. Despite Tom Hanks and Tim Allen telling us how they all broke down during the final scenes. Gotta sell the film, guys. Hats off to you. But, I mean, the band are back together. And this time Keanu Reeves is joining in. I don't think he's going to be an animated sort of John Wick time type uh, commando. He might be. But Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key are on board as well. So I'm going to be there opening night like I was uh, when Toy Story came out way back when. When my dad took me to see it. Thanks, dad. But I'm not overly sold by the fact that we need one of these films. And I've said in the last podcast, I'm vehemently against the phrase, this film didn't need to be made. But... I do wonder why they're bothering with a Toy Story 4 other than just to sell a few more toys. But Disney don't need the damn money. But hell, I'll be there just like everybody else anyway. Uh, Vox Lux is next. Pretty much just mainly for Natalie Portman and Jude Law. That's it. <laughs> and Happy Happy Death Day to You is on the list. Because I'm intrigued to see if it's as bad as the first one. Or if Jessica Roth's character is any more of a dick. So that out of the way. Next up is Ad Astra, or A.D. Astra, Ad Astra, I'm assuming it's Ad Astra. Ad Astra. It's got an interesting story. Basically, I've, I've pulled this. 20 years after his father left on a one-way mission to Neptune in order to find signs of extraterrestrial intelligence, Roy McBride, an Army Corps engineer, travels through the solar system to find him and understand why his mission failed. Sounds like it could be a lot of fun. Uh, and if Brad Pitt is starring as Roy, Roy McBride, playing the son of Tommy Lee Jones, obviously an, an older son, because he's uh, you're not getting any younger. But yeah, Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones starring, and Ruth Negger is also there, which is always exciting. And it's billed as a sci-fi thriller epic. Let's see, again, this is one of those films that could either be just awful, or just pretty damn bloody good. I'm so, I'm on the fence at the minute. I'm intrigued to see where it goes. But the pairing of Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones is what caught me here. Next up is Rocket Man. Dexter Fletcher's biopic of Elton John could be hit or miss. Uh, but let's hope it's more like Bohemian Rhapsody than Beyond the Sea. <laughs> Another potential <laughs> is Child's Play. And despite the Child's Play franchise being a steaming toilet blocker, other than that first one. I'm still interested in how they handle this reboot. Because I know they've got the TV series coming on soon. Uh, I'm just wondering if it's going to be a CGI Chucky. If it's going to be full-blown horror. If it's going to have bad comedy elements. All three of them. None of them. Uh, I'm just interested to see where, where they go with it. Really. So. Hmm. Basically, <laughs> that's pretty much sums up. But hmm. Also coming out. Which I'm intrigued for. Is Dora the Explorer. Yes, Dora the Explorer, only to see if this is a modern, gritty take on the character, which is what Hollywood does of all of these type of characters. We're going to have Dora the Explorer mainlining Charlie off someone's arse, and we're going to have her you know, throwing C-bombs everywhere. Or is it just going to be a half-decent film for... Well, I don't know who it's for. Is it for kids? Is it for teens? But, hell, will Dora the Explorer be an absolute mess of a character? We will f- find out. Also, the kitchen... Uh, yep, a film called The Kitchen, but it sounds potentially better than its title. Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish and Elizabeth Moss star of the wives of Irish mobsters who take on their husband's role upon their arrest in Hell's Kitchen, New York in the 1970s. That sounds like a comedy version of Widows, which was blew me away in 2018. Uh, maybe it will be, maybe it won't be. But the key thing is, Melissa McCarthy is free 
from the cinematic shackles of her husband, Ben Falcone, which usually means good things. Or it could be a train wreck. Uh, Call of the Wild is another one. It's always good to see Harrison Ford on the big screen. This time he's joined by Dan Stevens and Karen Gillan in this live-action CGI animated flick based on a novel from 1903. Awful long time ago now. It's about a dog, domesticated dog, stolen from his home and sold to freight haulers in the Yukon during the Klondike Gold Rush. So it could be interesting, but Harrison Ford is not the dog. Another one is Flasky and Charlie's Theron stars, which is good enough for me. Bye. <laughs> you know, it's a comedy about a guy in the gutter who tries to get the woman of his dreams, who just happens to be the most powerful and unattainable woman on the planet. Seth Rogen is the loser, and Charlize Theron is said goddess. Uh, O'Shea Jackson, Ravi Patel, Andy Serkis, Alexander Skarsgård, Randall Park, and Bob Odenkirk round out a pretty tasty-looking cast uh, for a film which I hope uh, is as funny as it potentially could be with Alex Seth Rogen. Uh, in the lead and Charlize Theron is such a wonderful actress that she can almost do no wrong so looking forward to Flasky. Serenity is next noir thriller film alert Ah, it's a neo-noir thriller film but Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway star two beautiful people (laughs) but it's about a fishing boat captain who's approached by his ex-wife to murder her new husband which sounds full of just Hitchcockian loveliness Hopefully it's not rubbish. And with Diane Lane, Jason Clark, and uh, Jaiman Hunso on board, he is hoping for good things. But that comes out in a couple of weeks, and I am extremely excited for that. So fingers crossed. Uh, nearly done now, but The Aftermath is my penultimate film on the list. Kira Knightley stars with Alexander Skarsgård. He's having a pretty good year already when we've barely started it. And Jason Clark, who's also having a good year, he's going to be in that Serenity film just now. Um, it's set in post-war Germany in 1946. Uh, basically, the story is a wife reunites with her husband, who was a British colonel charged with rebuilding the dis- demolished city of Berlin. And as they go off for their new home, she's stunned to find out that he's made the strange, unexpected decision to share the grand house of his with its previous owners, who was a German widower, Skarsgård, and his troubled daughter, uh, so in this charged atmosphere, enmity and grief give way to passion and betrayal. Sounds pretty saucy, steamy and good, no? Maybe. But uh, Kira Knightley is, again, one of those actresses who just seems to be able to... When she's on her A-game, sorry, the films are excellent. She was in Colette very recently and I thought that film was very good and she was fantastic in it. So high hopes for the aftermath. And finally, Chaos Walking. It's a sci-fi film set in the near future... Uh, it's about a guy who's been brought up to believe that a viral germ has killed all women in a colony world and unleashed noise. The special ability to read people's minds and animals' minds. Nice. Uh, he eventually comes across a patch of silence and soon discovers the source of silence. It wasn't Simon and Garfunkel. It was a mysterious woman. Uh, on the run together, they learn more about the true history of the new world. So Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley star, which is fucking ace, Two up-and-coming stars. Uh, I'm looking forward to just them themselves. But Mads Mikkelsen is also in it. Ah, Give me more Mads. Give me all of the Mads. So Mads Mikkelsen, Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley. Doug Lyman directs, which is always a good thing. And Robert Zemeckis is on producing duties. And hopefully he's better than his effort with Welcome to to Marwen, which was plop. So Chaos Walking. Again, sci-fi flick. Tom Holland, Daisy Ridley, Mads Mikkelsen. 
hoping for good things there. Speaking of Mads Mikkelsen, I lied. That wasn't the last one on the list because I've just thought I'm really looking forward to Polar. It's, um, I think it's an adaptation of a comic series, but it comes out on Netflix in a couple of weeks' time. And that stars Mads Mikkelsen. The trailer was released very recently and it looks awesome. Vanessa Hudgens is in it and Matt Lucas too, which never fills me with <laughs> too much uh, joy. But Richard Dreyfuss is apparently in it, so... Uh, I'm absolutely looking forward to that film. The trailer blew me away. Here's hoping Netflix can start 2019 on a very good footing. So hopefully you agree, or maybe I've introduced you to some new flicks to check out over the year, but they are the movies that have piqued my interest. They probably could have gone on forever, but they're the kind of main ones in the basket. But now for the movies that I'm really looking forward to in 2019. These are in no particular order, not release date order, not anticipation order. They're just cobbled together as a list of what I'm absolutely gagging for in 2019. So first up, Star Wars Episode 9, directed by J.J. Abrams, starring Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Lupita Nyong'o, Donald Gleeson, Kelly Marie Chan, Juna Suatomo, and Breathe, Billy Lord, Naomi Aki, Richard E. Grant, Kerry Russell... My man Mark Hamill, Anthony Daniels of course, Coolest Cat in the Galaxy, Billy D. Williams and of course Carrie Fisher posthumously. Release date December the 19th. What else could it be? I can hear the cries of Avengers, Thanos, Captain America's got no beard. But for me it'll always be the Star Wars saga films. And we're led to believe by Disney that this is the culmination of the Skywalker saga that started so long ago, way back in 1977. And if it is true, it will be a momentous occasion for the fans worldwide to see that curtain come down. But no one's foolish enough to believe we're never going to see an episode 10. One day we will do. Uh, and we know we're getting the Benioff Weiss series and the Ryan Johnson trilogy eventually. So we've got plenty more to look forward to. And come on, Lucasfilm, give me that Obi-Wan movie or, the, or a streaming service, uh, series about it. Come on. But to say goodbye to the family that guides us through the galaxy will be a moment tinged with many emotions. I mean, the sequel trilogy has caught some flack for being too safe and too different in the frantic manner that only Star Wars fans can deliver. The Force Awakens, for me, was a marvellous return to form, and I'm never going to forget that massive hype that built over a two-year period in the lead-up to that film. And when I finally took my seat on that cold night in the Chelmsford Odeon, and the words, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, came up on screen... Oh, it still gives me chills thinking about it now. And The Last Jedi was an intriguing, exciting addition to the saga. However, it didn't really give this next film much to jump off from. The Resistance fight on, the SOS callers out there, and Kylo Ren, Supreme Leader Ren, or whatever he's called. The fir- His first order is massive. But what's the... Endgame! What's the endgame? What's going on? Is it a huge war? We're going to get a peace treaty? Ugh. Well, you've got returning characters from the sequel trilogy... Plus Billy D's back as Lando and all the new additions. J.J. Abrams has a massive task trying to get this all tied together. Making it work, making it satisfying. And that's not including the apparent tie-ins to the OT original trilogy and the prequel trilogy as well, which apparently we're going to get. However, despite never seeing that trilogy before, I have utter faith in J.J. and his ability to deliver the right film. So all I can say is roll on December the 19th because Christmas 2018 just wasn't the same without a Star Wars film. Next up is uh, If Bill Street Could Talk, directed by Barry Jenkins, starring Kiki Lane, Stephen James, Coleman Domingo, Tayona Paris, Michael Beach, Dave Franco, Diego Luna, Pedro Pascal, 
Emily Rios, Ed Screen, Finn Whitrock, Brian Tyree Henry is on a hot streak, and of course Regina King uh, coming out on December, January the 18th. January the 18th. Barry Jenkins is back. It, it was, took, I think it was a gap of eight years between me, uh, Medicine for Melancholy and the awesome Moonlight. Uh, but thankfully Jenkins hasn't wasted any time in delivering his next film with Bill Street Could Talk. And it tells the story of a young African-American woman who, with the support of her family, seeks to clear the name of her wrongly charged lover and prove his innocence before the birth of their child. So there looks to be a tough and powerful story to be found here. And charged with the messages of race beneath all of it, who's betting against Jenkins to deliver another awesome effort? Uh, the cast at his disposal was excellent. So everything is set for another emotional drama. Um, there was success at the Golden Globes, recognition from the AFI and the National Board of Review. So who's betting against Oscar glory for if Beale Street could talk? But I'm telling you something, I can't wait for this film. Another one, Fighting With My Family. Directed by Stephen Merchant. Stars Florence Pugh, Jack Loudon, Nick Frost, Lena Headey, Vince Vaughan, Dwayne Johnson and Stephen Merchant appears as well. Coming out March the 1st over here in the UK. And it's Merchant's first solo directing gig, uh, telling the story of WWE wrestler Paige and how she left her wrestling mad family behind in Norwich, England to pursue a career and dream for the bright lights and the big times of professional wrestling over there in the States in Vince McMahon's juggernaut company, Corporation. Um, and again, it boasts an excellent cast and by now, anything with Florence Pugh attached to it is a must-see for me. I'm a huge fan of hers. And Dwayne Johnson is cameoing as The Rock which just sounds awesome and it's just, and it's shaping up to be a fun dramatic sports flick and I'm a massive fan of the of a good old rise to fame sporting flick so fighting with my family looks good sounds good and fingers crossed it is going to be good another one I'm hoping for is Pet Cemetery directed by Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmeyer uh, stars Jason Clark, Amy Sumetz and John Lithgow releasing on April the 5th uh, it's another Stephen King adaptation, of course, and this is one of the big ones. Aside from it and, say, The Stand and Salem's Lot, Pet Cemetery stands atop King's work, and it's one of his best-known and best books. Of course, you can throw in Misery, The Shining, and, you know, a plethora of works by the man himself. But the original 1989 movie is decent in its own right. It's dated. It's okay, but this has the potential to be very good. The trailers have been creepy. They've got the tone just right. The marketing and the and the posters look great. And there's a good chance, I think, that Pet Cemetery could be a sleeper hit this year. Something that's not going to be a sleeper hit this year, but it's going to be an unmitigated success. Avengers Endgame, directed by the Russo brothers. And bear with me, it stars... Woo, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Benedict Cumberbatch, Don Cheadle, Tom Holland, Chadwick Boseman, Paul Bettany, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen, Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, Letitia Wright, Dave Bautista, Zoe Saldana, Josh Brolin, Chris Pratt, Jeremy Renner, Evangeline Lilly, John Favreau, Paul Rudd and Brie Larson. Now you may realise that some of those died in the last film but they're coming back. Uh, they're coming back on April the 26th over here in the UK and probably worldwide as well. And it's going to end up as one of the as probably the biggest film of the year in every way, uh, especially given the monstrous success of Infinity War. And who doesn't want to find out what outlandish trope the Russos used to bring the heroes back to life? Time travel. It's going to be time travel. Of course, it's going to be some sort of time travel. 
I mean, Doctor Strange told us there's 14 million and blah, 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 variations on the story, but only one in which they come come out victorious. So it's going to have to do something to do with time travel. You didn't hear it first, but I'm going for it anyway. But this time you got Brie Larson's Captain Marvel joining the, the, the ranks, sorry, to fight Thanos. And so the star power grows and the seams start to bulge under the weight of characters. But the Russos did a good job of balancing it all in Infinity War. So I expect they have everything covered here. Um, and of course we have Captain Marvel coming up before um, before this film comes out. So we're going to get a look at her there. But expect highs, lows, tears, joyous yelps and a bag load of epic. As this phase of the MCU hits its massive conclusion. And it is going to be massive. Plus it puts an end to the who's, who will die argument. Captain America or Iron Man. And I'm telling you right now. Falcon's going to tie, I guess. Probably, maybe, who knows? Sweet rabbit. Next up is Godzilla, King of the Monsters, directed by Michael Doherty, starring Kyle Chandler, Vera Farmiga, me, Bobby Brown, Bradley Whitford, Sally Hawkins, Charles Dance, Thomas Middleditch, Aisha Hines, O'Shea Jackson Jr., David Strachan, Ken Watanabe, and Zhang Zi. The release date, May the 31st. Come on, guys. Those trailers are something else. The scale, the visuals, the music. Monsters beating the shit out of each other. Yes! Woohoo! <laughs> the di- a bit Ric Flair there. Woo! The difference is uh, this movie, uh, monster movie, actually looks like it could be pretty damn good. Hopefully it can balance the scale with story and give us something that's going like, to wow us and grip us simultaneously. It's got a trick-or-treat Helmer, Doherty, being on board. That's interesting to me. So is this going to have a kind of horror slant to it? Who knows, but King Ghidorah is getting me just as excited as the prospect of Millie Bobby Brown, Vera Farmiga and Sally Hawkins together on screen. So it's got a good cast. I mean, a good cast doesn't always equal success, but hell, it's got a good cast. The trailers look solid. And to be fair, I was more intrigued by this not long ago. But when that marketing came in, I'm hooked. So they have done their job. They've got me on board. I am looking so looking forward to this. Next up is probably going to be on most people's anticipated list for the year. And that is, of course, The Lion King. Directed by John Favreau. Stars Donald Glover, Childish Gambino himself. Seth Rogen, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Billy Eichner, John Oliver, Keegan-Michael Key, Beyonce and James Earl Jones. Coming out July the 19th. So what else is there to say other than... Ha! I'm not going to sing any more than that because I'll save your precious ears, but I'll leave that to the film. But probably the best animated of all, movie of all time. For me, it is anyway. Best animated movie of all time. Yeah, that 1994 version had everything you could want. It had, at the time, good animation. It had a great cast. It had emotion, a good story. The songs were incredible. The voice work was wonderful. It was just, it was just like a encapsulated everything that was fantastic about Disney. And, well, this get this new version gets the not-quite-live-action treatment, and it looks stunning from the shots and the trailers released. Of course, I'm going to keep my mind open, but it looks very, very good to start with. It's got a huge act to follow. But with Favro back on board after the success of The Jungle Book and the great lineup voicing animals, including the return of James Earl Jones as Mufasa, isn't that just awesome? The stage is set for The Lion King to be one of the biggest movies of the year. They're going to replicate the songs? Will Mufasa survive? No. Either way, <laughs> sure, sorry kids, surely there's no way this would disappoint. Surely. What's next? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 
directed by Quentin Tarantino. Stars come on. Stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Damian Lewis, Emil Hirsch, Dakota Fanning, Al Pacino, Margaret Qualley, Luke Perry, Bruce Dern, Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, Kurt Russell, James Marsden. Wow. Released in July the 26th. And whether or not you agree with the subject matter, whichever way they decide to go really with it, it's always an event when Tarantino rolls into town with yet another huge cast of stars. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, this follows a former Western star and his long-time stunt double in 1969 LA. As they struggle to find success in Hollywood, they just don't recognise anymore. Uh, The first images coming out look just fine. Uh, and it's never not decent to see what Tarantino serves up next. So DiCaprio, Pitt, Margot Robbie, I'm on board. Couple of months to wait to see if Tarantino can rekindle some old magic. And speaking of rekindling some old magic, Netflix are going big. The Irishman is next on my list, directed by Martin Scorsese. Scorsese? Scorsese. Starring Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Anna Packin, Bobby Cannavale, oh, Harvey Keitel, Ray Romano, Jesse Plemons. Doesn't have a release date yet, but again, Netflix really has gone big with this one. Scorsese, De Niro, Pacino, Pesci, Keitel. A reported $200 million budget, which has apparently pretty much doubled in size from the original budget, but that's been handed to Scorsese. But apparently most of that has gone on making De Niro, Pacino and Pesci look 30 years younger. That's not a joke. That is obviously a very expensive tool, but not a huge amount is known about the Irishman currently, uh, including a release date, like I mentioned, but the sheer idea of it is enough to get my excitement levels raised. You get De Niro and Pacino facing off again after the Godfather 2 and Heat. Plus that crap cop film they did, which is obviously this is a great thing. De Niro Pacino. It's a crime film by Scorsese. Pesci is back for one more go around. And it's getting a theatrical run. So you get to pick how you see it. But chances are you're going to see this film. Another one I'm wildly looking forward to is It Chapter 2. Directed by Andy Muschietti. Stars James McAvoy, Jessica Chastain, Jay Ryan, Bill Hader, Isaiah Mustafa, James Ranson, Andy Bean... Bill Skarsgård and plus the kids from the first movie as well. So releasing September the 6th. And Pennywise the Dancing Clown is back. And this time he's taken on the grown-ups of Derry. Uh, well more to the point the adult versions of the kids who were so good in 2017's it. Uh, everyone knows that the first half of that TV movie is by far the best instalment of that iteration. Compared to the fairly flimsy, fairly wet adult half. Uh, adult was in age, not triple X. <laughs> the book goes there, and they cut out some fairly weird scenes with the kids, thankfully. Uh, but there's some fears that Chapter 2 may not be as effective as that 2017 opener. Obviously, adults in the present day being stalked by a clown. Who knows? However, Musietti has earned the right to try and terrify us, and I'm dead excited for the cycle, cycle to the sequel to a movie that I thought was excellent. And seeing more Pennywise on the big screen will always be a win. Uh, so I'm hoping that the fear is ramped up for this one. I liked it, 2017. Could have been a little bit scarier, but I love the creepiness, the imagery, Scar's Garden, the kids. So if Muschietti can build upon that and give us something just dripping with more dread, then It Chapter 2 is going to be just fine. But I'm still, either way, absolutely looking forward to it. Another one coming later in the year is Knives Out, directed by Ryan Johnson, starring Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Lakeith Stanfield, Michael Shannon, Anna de Armas, 
Don Johnson, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Collette, Christopher Plummer, Catherine Lanford, and Jaden Laborer comes out on November the 29th. And what a cast! Seriously, wow. Uh, having put up with the acidic threats of basement dwellers online and barbs that he ruined Star Wars, Ryan Johnson's pretty much spent the last 12 months or so not giving two shits about it and instead making Knives Out, which is a mystery crime thriller, uh, a contemporary modern whodunit, uh, which is good enough to get me on board. That's pretty much all anybody knows about the film, but a contemporary whodunit. I love mystery films, crimes, murder mysteries. I am absolutely on board. This is obviously a smaller, a far smaller venture in terms of scope than The Last Jedi. So it's going to be good to see Johnson taking on a more character-driven story on a smaller scale. Uh, but a premise, and that's... What a cast, man. What a, t- Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanfield, Michael Shannon, Daniel Craig, Anna Diarmas, just all on the same screen together, facing off against each other, pitting wits. Just give it to me now. So I'm going to spend in 2019 waiting for more info on this one. And I hope it's better than Murder on the Orient Express, the most recent um, murder mystery whodunit. I have a feeling this could be, but I really hope I'm not burnt by this one. And the last one on the list is... Um, may come as more of like a left-field choice. It's extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. Directed by Joe Berlinger, starring Zac Efron, Lily Collins... K.S. Godelario, Jim Parsons, Haley Joel Osment and John Malkovich. Uh, release date is to be announced, but it is premiering at the Sundance Festival on January the 26th, so not long to go. And I guess another movie of a little to go by. Not much is known about this. Uh, and I'm anticipating this more for the Bundy angle than the Efron angle, but that is another major jewel. Zac Efron, that disgustingly hunky brute of a man, he, he is playing a notorious rapist and serial killer which is a change of tact, shall we say. But the basic plot is the story of Ted Bundy, shown from the perspective of his girlfriend, Elizabeth Klopfer, played by uh, the uh, impressive Lily Collins, who's struggling to accept the reality of her boyfriend's nature. I will say Jim Parsons being in it worries me, because I can't get past the fact that he is and always will be Sheldon, and I hope he can drop some of that persona somewhat, but... However, I'm hoping by the time it premieres at Sundance on the 26th that my anticipation is warranted because, yes, I'm looking forward to see Zac Efron trying, some, trying something different because I thought he was very good in me and Orson Welles. And he needs to kind of... I'd like to, I'd like to see him in these kind of roles. I love it when an actor challenges themselves and tries something different. Now, of course, he could be an absolute... It could be a dumpster fire. This could be the worst casting uh, known to man. Um, something in me thinks that you know they must have seen something to him other than a wonderful jawline but we'll see I, I liked him in The Greatest Showman and in certain other things like me and Orson Welles but he's also in a film this year called The Beach Bum with Matthew McConaughey and Isla Fisher which that could see him going back to the more naff comedy but uh, Zach, uh, Snoop Dogg also stars so I'm pretty sure it's going to be maybe a bit poo but extremely wicked shockingly even involved I'm anticipating this film for a few reasons. Obviously, there's the Afro factor, but um, I like serial killer stories. I'm not weird, I'm not morbid, and I'm not a serial killer. But those stories always intrigue me. So, will will it be worth the anticipation? We're going to find out very soon, which is quite handy, so I can know whether to quickly take this off my list. But that is the list, or the list. So, there they are. Any good? I think they are. I hope so. Uh, again, come on, JJ, don't let us down. But if you agree or disagree, then let me know. If there's uh, anything you're excited for which I haven't mentioned, drop me a line and let's talk film. 
You can find me at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or what I watch tonight across Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and every podcast in the stable can be found at all good podcast providers. And if you like the show, you know, rate it, review it on iTunes. It really does help the show. Share it with people you know, fellow film fans. It's great to talk film with all of you and I enjoy it so much. So thank you again. And again, until next time, thank you for listening and see you.